everyone. My name is Krista, a member of the Creepinati, and you are listening to A Pair of Normal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 24. And hopefully many more. <laughs> and you just heard from Krista, and she is part of the Creepinati, meaning she's on Patreon, which is why she got to introduce an episode. Be like Krista. Get on Patreon. You did a good job, Krista. Gold star. <laughs> a plus, 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 plus. What movie? You're never going to know it. Matilda? No, another <laughs> one that I love that you don't. Christmas story. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Ew. I'm really excited about this one. Oh, God, show tunes again. Look, I couldn't think of anything clever. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily you didn't write any of these stories. Right. But you know who did? Tawny. So she titled this one, I Told a Ghost Not to Sprain Its Ankle. Oh, God, this is you as a ghost. (laughs) Greetings, ladies. It's Tawny here. I wanted to say I love your podcast. It's hilarious and has gotten me through a few long drives. This story happened about 10 years ago when my family and I were living in Hawaii for Christmas. Did they sing Malika Likimaka? Oh, my God. It is the thing to do. To say? To say. On a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. Mm Mm-hmm. It's the island greeting that we send to you. (laughs) From the land where palm trees sway. Damn. We were heading to the airport, but my mom wanted to stop and look at the stars. My dad stopped at the entrance to a national park that we had visited the day before, and we all climbed out. It was dark out there, except for the dim light from our rental van and the camper that had its blinds down. This will be important later. Anyway, I'm looking up at the stars when suddenly I got the feeling that someone was standing in front of me and I looked up and saw a large black shadow that I assumed was my dad. I told him, don't break your ankle as the shoulder of the road was short and I had nearly turned my ankle getting out of the car. I got no response, which honestly wasn't that unusual coming from my dad, so I didn't think much of it. (laughs) Strong silent type, eh? Mm Mm-hmm. Man of few words. Soon after that, I turned to stargazing when I noticed something moving behind the fence of the National Park. I only knew it was there because we had recently visited the park. And I watched as a figure walked through the darkness. Let me tell you, black moving on black is one of the most unsettling things I've ever seen. And for a second, I thought it was my sister before I realized she was still on the other side of the van. Holy fuck. Both of these shadow people were black. But I didn't feel frightened at all at the time, probably because I didn't realize what I had saw until after. But looking back on it now, I am definitely sensitive when it comes to places with an off vibe. So I feel like I would have felt something if they were evil. Anyway, to make a long story short, we all got back in the van. I sat there for a few minutes before I finally asked my sister what side of the van she, mom, and dad had stayed on. And she told me the opposite side of where I was. So I told her what happened, and needless to say, we were both seriously creeped out. Anyway, love you ladies. Dang. Uh Uh-uh. That again? I do not do wilderness. Can you imagine, like, seeing something, and you're like, oh, well, it's just my dad standing there. Mm -mm. And then you realize that he's not even anywhere near? No. Oh, my gosh. Mm Mm-mm. One time, 
after my cat Ambrosius died, he would always like want to get up on the bed and I would like pat it, you know, and be like, come mm-hmm. on up here. And he was a fat cat. So this is after he died and I felt like something, you know, and so I patted the bed and then I was like, whoa, wait, you know, but I'd felt something get on the end of the bed and I was like, oh my gosh, what? But you know, I had like blue walls at that point. You remember those dark mm-hmm. blue walls? And I took a picture, like and it was at night, dark in there. And it was like an orange kind of like aura, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, oh my God, it really was his ghost. I didn't know that part. You mm-hmm. told the part about him jumping up, like you thinking it was, but I didn't yeah. know that about the, like the yeah. picture thing. Mm-hmm. Damn. I wish I would have kept it. Didn't know I was going to have a podcast. Too bad, but you wouldn't have, even, you wouldn't have, because you're a purger. Yeah, I am. (laughs) Hence why I have, like, no old pictures. Yes, I know. We were looking for some for the podcast, and it's like, apparently Donna and I don't take pictures together. There were tons of, like, Tiffany and me, Donna and Tiffany, but apparently we just don't, I guess we really don't like each other. (laughs) Maybe that's it. This whole friendship's been a lie. Well, to get us both in a frame, you got to be back at least 20 feet. (laughs) It's like an eye exam. (laughs) (laughs) Only we're the big E. (laughs) (laughs) But we're less than your (laughs) E. And we're both easy. Okay. Hi, ladies. It's Emily here. I almost forgot to email y'all. I decided to send my first story in, and I think I'll make it the one I don't talk about much. But I love the fact that I experienced it and others did as well, so I could say I wasn't nuts. Well, we used to have three spirits who stayed in my house permanently until I had to cleanse it fully due to the negative energy attempting to harm my cats. Another story. Before the cleanse, though, we had this particular little girl spirit who liked to mess with me specifically. And it was when I couldn't do anything at the moment, a.k.a. every time I took a damn shower. She would play with the damn fire alarm constantly, only when I showered. She would stop the moment I got out and yelled in the direction of it. Near the time I was to do the cleansing ritual, I had gotten good enough to just glare in the direction and it would stop. She was never meaning harm, just mischievous little kid playing around. Also, I had a middle-aged woman spirit who liked to cry in the corner. She began crying more after my roommate's grandpa died, but after the cleansing, it seemed that she had moved on. We also have a shadow figure that likes to come visit. He isn't bad, more someone who likes the feel of the place here, so comes back from time to time to recoup before going off to do whatever he does when he isn't here. He never poses a threat, just likes to watch, and is curious as to what we do in the day. He likes the cats, and the cats like him, so we don't care. We did used to have this one perverted spirit that I cast the fuck out after catching him spying on me in the fucking shower. Ew. I don't deal with that kind of shit, and he crossed the line after many warnings in the past. So I bibbity-bobbity-booped that fucker's ass out. (laughs) Anyway, sorry for the long email. I'll send more later with many, many more stories. Nighty-night and stay spooky. Emily, your friendly neighborhood witch. I could not live in that house. No. There's two. Uh-uh. I, look, that is like a Grand Central Station for <laughs> spirits. I, I would die. Look, three's company. Like, yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't live there. If you like it and you can live there and you can handle them and make them not 
come and visit you in the shower, go for it, girl. I don't. I can't have anything visit me in the shower. No, look, I can barely do the shower without <laughs> heavy breathing. And I don't need help. Well, I mean, I need help. I don't need eyes. <laughs> if you got to stand there, fucking help me. Get this spot on my back I can't get. Hey, ladies. So this is kind of a long story, and you can use my first name, Karen. I'm going to tell this story as accurately as I know it, and forewarning, some parts are a little graphic. The story involves my cousin and her ex-boyfriend, and for privacy purposes, I will refer to her as Jane and him as John. So Jane is about four years older than me, and when she was 16, her and John started dating. This was the mid-90s. John is super smart, but was kind of a bad boy, so I think that's what drew her to him. He had gang ties and was bad into drugs. My dad, who is a police officer, even had to arrest John one time out of my aunt and uncle's house because he was growing marijuana in Jane's bedroom. Fuck! That's some fucking Breaking Bad bullshit right there. (laughs) From day one, John was very controlling and abusive, even running the car off the road with her and him in it one time, saying, if I can't have you, no one will. Mm Mm-mm, no... I don't know the extent of the abuse because I was only around 12 when they first got together, but he eventually became a huge part of our family after they had their daughter. When John wasn't on drugs, he was a nice guy. The drugs made him paranoid, and he even jumped off the top of their garage one time on top of her because he thought she was someone else. Oh, my gosh. Fast forward to after they had been together around 12 or 13 years, and she finally got the nerve to leave him. Surprisingly, the split went well, And she even continued to work in his parents' restaurant for a couple of years until she quit to go to nursing school. Several years down the road, he started dating someone new and she got pregnant. We'll call her N. They seemed very happy and everything seemed normal until she was about three months pregnant and didn't show up for work. She was missing for a couple of weeks before we found out that an anonymous tipster called the police and said that John had killed N and her body was in a locked closet in their house. The police came and asked if they could search the house, and he willingly let them in. They came to a closet that had a padlock on it and asked what was behind it. He said nothing. They asked him to unlock it, and he willingly did. They found her body wrapped in plastic with multiple stab wounds. She had been there the entire time she had been missing. The anonymous tipster was apparently a friend of John's. John had invited him over to have him help him work on the car and randomly said, you want to see something cool? He proceeded to lead the guy to the closet, open it, and show him her body while he laughed. He was clearly stoned out of his mind. I remember when I got the news that John had killed his pregnant girlfriend. The air all left my body. All I could do was think about Jane and how that could have been her. At the trial, he tried to say that he killed her in a fit of rage after finding out she had an abortion, which is total bullshit since she was over the moon about having that baby. She couldn't wait to be a mom. He, of course, was found guilty and sentenced to 99 years in prison with no chance of parole until he served two-thirds of his sentence. A little side note, in Texas, someone will serve more time if they are sentenced to 99 years than if they are sentenced to life because the 99-year sentence stipulates that two-thirds must be served before being eligible for parole. He will be 99 years old before he's ever eligible for parole, thank God. 
Jane is now married to an amazing man who claims her 16-year-old daughter is his own. I'm so thankful she got out before things turned deadly for her. That's my story. I had a cold-blooded killer in my family and even spent Christmases with him. It's crazy to think how you never really know someone. Love you guys and keep creeping it real. Karen, oh my good googly moogly. Wow. Just wow. I am so glad Jane got out. Yeah. God, I can't even fit. Like, whoa. I mean, and too, because, you know, we all know people who have been in abusive relationships and it's like you always hope they can get out or, you know, hope that it doesn't turn to that. And when you find out that it does, it's so scary. And I can, I mean, thank God Jane got out on time. Thank you so much for sharing that. And it kind of goes along with this, my story this week with the stalkers in Sussex. Yeah. And how scary abusive relationships can be and how quickly they can escalate. And so I think it just shows how much you can never judge someone by how their relationship looks on the outside or what they're going through. So it's important to understand the cycle of abuse and why people go back to abusive relationships and to try not to victim blame, but rather support them and just please seek help if you're in an abusive relationship, whether it's physical, sexual, emotional, whatever it is. Just please seek help and take care of yourself. You said it perfectly. Step it off my soapbox now. Hey, y'all. I just want to say I love y'all and you guys stay cracking me up. I have a story not about me, but a good friend of mine named Carmen. When her mother was pregnant with her, there was a woman who followed her to the bus stop every single day. She didn't think much of it because, hey, they could be coming from the same direction and, well, a lot of people use public transportation. A few days before her mother's due date, the woman reached over and put her hand on her pregnant stomach. Nope. Look, do not fucking touch somebody's stomach that you don't know and do not fucking ask to hold someone's baby that is not a very close friend of yours. Yeah. In fact, wait for them to offer. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's one thing, like, you know, I've just had, like, 14 coworkers pregnant right now. And, like, if they said, like, oh, my God, they're moving. Come feel it. You know? Yeah. That's a totally different ball game. I mean, unless I'm, like, really, really close. Like, Kim, I'd be like, I'm touching your belly. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, but it has to be, I don't know. Like, I would not, I would never touch a stranger's belly. Yeah. Ever. All right. Right then, as she put her hand on her pregnant stomach, Carmen's mother's necklace just broke. (gasps) And then she never saw the woman again. (gasps) Skip forward a few years, and now Carmen's a baby. Sorry, I don't know the exact age. And Carmen was very ill. The doctors pretty much had no hope and said to make Carmen comfortable. At this time, her aunt told her father to take her to this place where people practice satanic rituals and can heal her. Because this sounds like a great idea, right? I guess when you're desperate. The people took Carmen in a back room. And she obviously doesn't remember what happened. And her parents don't even know what happened. But she was actually healed. It was almost like she was never even ill. For the rest of her childhood slash teen years. In some of her adult years, she has seen demons. (gasps) They would choke her and taunt her nightly. 
They didn't let her sleep. She remembers one memory of her being five years old and two were pushing her on a swing, very high, and she was crying because she was scared and they were laughing. She lived with demons taunting her her entire life. As an adult, she was saved and everything disappeared. I've had so many paranormal things happen to me, but my friend's story just really affected me and freaked me out. I wish I had more detail, but she doesn't really like talking about this experience, so I had to go off the small details I remember. Thank y'all for everything you do, and I cannot wait for the day that y'all hopefully start doing live shows. Oh, Well, I don't know if I can say your name, so let's just call her... Blanche. Blanche. Oh. Blanche Elizabeth Devereaux. You know, I got Sophia when I did that uh, quiz on our show. Yeah, you should. Well, I really thought I was going to get Blanche. No. You're way more Sophia than Blanche. You're Sophia with a side of Blanche. <laughs> I'm Dorothy with a side of fucking Rose because I do some <laughs> dumb shit. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you so much, Blanche. Yes, that is so incredibly scary. Oh, my gosh. That right there is a Disney movie. Hello, ladies. As always, I'm super late sending this in. <laughs> Girl. I tried doing research on this, but I couldn't find anything on this, but I know it's real because I've experienced it firsthand. I have a lot of little stories on this town, but today I will do a double story to make both of y'all happy. Yay! So, I know Donna has been asking for a covered bridge story for a while. Oh my freaking goodness. So, here goes. But first, a history lesson. And so, she sent in a bunch about the bridge, but basically, this bridge has been replaced four times. The first two were destroyed by floods. Third was just replaced, I guess, because it was fucked up. I don't know. But it's the Mims Bottom Covered Bridge. Oh, a covered bridge. Oh, my goodness. Like, I am legit excited. It's across the North Fork of the Shenandoah River. Shenandoah? Mm-hmm. So, the bridge that was, like, the fourth one that's built, it was destroyed in... October 31st of 1976. Ooh, Halloween. From vandals. Burned it. (gasps) So, picture it. A beautiful country night on a back road trying to get to the main road, Route 11. It's almost midnight, and my boyfriend at the time decided to save time and cut through the covered bridge. He starts to tell me that it's haunted, and then if you park inside the bridge at midnight, roll your windows down, and turn the car off, you start to hear babies crying moaning, I guess from Civil War soldiers, horses, running and neighing. I decay if that's the right word. (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, gunshots and yelling to leave the bridge. Is that from a troll? I'm guessing it's from the Civil War soldiers. Uh, Could be Billy Goat's Gruff. I'm just saying. I'm over here like, um, okay. (laughs) Can we not go this way at midnight? (laughs) I mean, that would be foreplay for me. (laughs) Of course, he said, oh, do you believe that in that crap? Yeah, I fucking believe in that crap, you motherfucker. Oh, then never mind. I'd be like, uh, you don't. Bye. She said, um, yes, dickhead, I do. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm super sensitive to this kind of stuff, so I tend to not do haunted things. So we get there and Avi turn the car off and roll the windows down and sit. I was all nervous as hell watching the car clock. It's 12.05, nothing. 12.10, nothing. 12.15, he says, 
See? A bunch of middle school bullcrap. He goes to turn the car on, but it won't turn on. Oh, shit. Suddenly, I felt super cold, weird for a hot summer night, and just felt uncomfortable, like I was being watched. So I closed my eyes and told him to hurry the fuck up. He kept trying and trying. I started to hear moaning, and he said, Did you hear that? And he sounded so scared. He tried again, and the car barely started when we heard a horse and a loud scream. He floored it out. I didn't turn and look because, um, no thanks, but I turned to look at him, and he was paler than anything I'd saw before. Of course, with a haunting comes a true story at times. Now, most stories around this bridge are usually Civil War related, but this particular story happened in 2003-ish, I believe. Near the old wooden-covered bridge, a body was found on July 17, 2003, by a fisherman and his son. It was badly decomposed, lying contorted in the underbrush near the briar patch. The age, sex, and race of the victim were difficult to determine, but the body appeared to be that of a young woman. Her throat had been slashed so violently that her head was almost completely severed. Fuck! The police department shipped the corpse to the nearest forensic lab about an hour's drive away in Fairfax, Virginia. It turned out that the victim was a young, probably in her late teens, and had suffered multiple stab wounds. The lack of water in her lungs confirmed that there was no possibility that she had been drowned and mutilated and floated downriver. She had been murdered, or at least dumped, on the spot. Her name was Brenda Paz, known as Smiley to her street friends. Oh, gosh. A 17-year-old member of MS-13 who had dated Dennis Rabbit Rivera, one of the more vicious gang leaders in the Washington era. Era? No. Area. Paz, who had been a key witness in half a dozen federal cases against MS-13, had gone missing from suburban Virginia shortly before she was to testify against some of her former friends. The saddest part of this is they say she was pregnant. Oh, my gosh. She was murdered because she became an informant. Thankfully, the murderers were caught. In 2005, two members of the MS-13 street gang were convicted. Two others were acquitted of all charges. One of those acquitted was Dennis Rivera, who prosecutors said masterminded the slaying of Brenda. Motherfucker. The jury heard evidence in the sentencing phase of the case against the two who were convicted. Ismael Juarez Cisneros, 26, and Oscar Antonio Grande, 22. Rivera's attorneys argued that numerous gang members wanted Paz dead for snitching and that the gang leader in Texas gave the order to kill her. Prosecutors played recordings of jailhouse conversations between Dennis and the others and said they were using gang slang and code words to order Brenda's death. What the fuck? Oscar admitted he was present at the killing, but denied he participated. Prosecutors argued that he held Brenda by the throat while two others stabbed her more than a dozen times. Oh my god. Oscar took the stand in his own defense and testified that he believed, just like Brenda, that he was simply going on a fishing trip. He testified that when he saw the murder take place, he ran away. This could explain the scream my ex and I heard at the bridge. <gasps> it must be Brenda. I wish I could really tell you the whole story because there is a lot left out. But this has been a really long email. Sorry. But I hope y'all enjoy it. Much love from Shinko. Whoa. Whoa. 
Holy Hannah. So I guess the yells aren't from officers. I guess it's from Brenda. Yeah. Whoa. Shit. That's so scary. And that's, I mean, like, not that I know shit about gangs, but it's, like, you. there's no way out. No. Except a box. And it's just so hard, too, because it's people who are joining gangs that have shitty, nobody loves them and respects them and supports them. And so the first person that shows it to them, you know what I mean? And and it's it's all grooming. It's grooming just like a pedophile does. Yeah. To a child. It's it's grooming. Mm-hmm. Oh, it just breaks my heart. Well, and it's like, yeah, they, I mean, again, I have no idea. I'm just going what I see on TV. But it seems like they join them for survival, but then that ends up being their, mm-hmm. like, downfall. Yeah. I cannot imagine how tough that decision is, though. Oh, my gosh. Me either. Thank you so much. Also, thank you, thank you, thank you for a bridge story. Thank you. Hey, ladies, I've been binge listening to your podcast while I'm at work and on my lunch. You girls are awesome. Here are three short stories for you all that have happened at my parents' house. Let me know if you like them. I have a lot more. I'm sure we will. Yeah, I was about to say, before I even finish, uh, send them on in. Mm. This one's called Scene Double. Let me set the scene for you all a bit. My family and I all lived together at this time. It was just myself, my mom, and my dad at the house. We had just finished having dinner and my mom and I were sitting at the dining table facing each other and my dad was grabbing the trash to take out. On the way out the back door, there's a big button that you have to slam pretty hard to get the outside gate to open. The button's old so we have to hit it in order for it to work. Probably not the best idea since we probably make it worse. (laughs) So my dad walks over to the back door, slams the button and walks out. My mom and I continue talking. About 10 seconds later, he walks back in and walks straight into his room and into the bathroom. My mom and I just mocked him and said, oh, now you're mad? And just as we finished saying that, my dad walks in, slams the button, and asks, who's mad? (gasps) We jump out of our seats and yell at him that there is someone in the house. He runs into the restroom, and there's no one there. The strange thing is that we saw him. It was my dad. We never saw his face, but it was the same clothing, same body. So who then walked in? Holy glitz in the fucking matrix. Right? Your doppelganger came out. Holy fucking shit. That is some us. Like that movie? Yeah. Whoo! Did he go, oh. Is that how he talked to you? Because that's how they talked on that movie. Oh, my God. Uh-uh. uh uh-uh. Second story. It's called Laugh. Shortly before the first story happened, this happened to us, and it freaked us out pretty good. My dad and I were looking on Facebook, and I had just sold my Ford Fusion, and we were looking for a new car to buy. We saw a Jeep Wrangler, and I fell in love with it. We saw a Jeep Wrangler that I fell in love with, and him and I were talking about how He would teach me how to drive a standard, and we were getting excited. My mom was at the foot of the bed folding laundry, and she laughs and says, Okay, keep dreaming, and walks across the hall into the laundry room. My dad and I keep talking about how we could go test it out. When my mom starts laughing so hard, we got a bit offended. We continue looking up information about the Wrangler. When she walks back into the room, we ask her, Why were you laughing so hard? And she answers, laughing i couldn't even hear you all talking over the washer 
We can't explain who we heard that night. Whoa. What the fuck? Damn. Your parents are not your parents, girl. Your parents are, what is that alien thing that happened that time in that Body snatchers. Those. (laughs) Okay. Number three is called Baby. All right. So I have a six-month-old daughter right now, and I'm 24 years old, and I'm now a single mama. When my daughter's dad and I were first dating when we were about 20 years old, we would hang out at my house and watch movies with my sister all the time. One night, we decided to watch The Shining in my sister's room. My parents were in their room asleep already. My boyfriend and I sat in the chairs right by the door, and my sister sat on her bed. As we were watching the movie, my boyfriend and I kept hearing a baby crying. We knew that it wasn't coming from the movie we were watching, so we just assumed my parents had woken up and were watching something on TV with the crying baby. As the night continued, he and I kept hearing a baby. We would ask my sister if she could hear it, and she looked at us like we were crazy. When I went to go ask my parents what they were watching, I see that they're still asleep. We looked at each other and couldn't explain it. Now that I think about it, were we hearing our future baby? Those are my three experiences. I hope you enjoyed them all. Let me know if you want more. Holy shit. Uh, yes, I want more. Were you pregnant? Oh, my God. Like, did she say how long ago it was? So, she has a six-month-old baby. So, was it within the last... No, she was 20 when this happened. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, 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 okay. And she's 24 with a six-month-old. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, I can't do math. (laughs) Or listen, apparently. (laughs) Damn, those are good. And they got creepier and freaking creepier. I don't know. That fucking changeling dad was... Or doppelganger dad was pretty fucking scary. Yeah. That's so creepy. Because, like... It's one thing to be like, oh, my God, I hear that. But to, yeah. for you both to have seen, wowza, wowza. Y'all, as always, don't fucking disappoint. No. Keep sending those in. We love all the true crime, all the paranormal, all the everything. Send them in to aparanormalchicks at gmail.com, or you can send it to them from our website at aparanormalchicks.com. You sound like you say cinnamon. <laughs> oh, send them in? Yeah. <laughs> send them in, cinnamon. <laughs> That's my stage name. (laughs) Oh, God. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.